Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, Josh and Kaylee wrap up their Summer in Spain series sharing reflections from beautiful Barcelona. They draw parallels with Portuguese cities, reassess automobile ownership, and wrap up their memorable journey. Stick around. Hey, expats and travelers alike, this is Josh. And I'm Kaylee. And we have now gotten out of the car. We're at the end of this series where we have been traveling from Bilbao to Barcelona via Andorra. And uh, yeah, it's time to get out of the car, talk about Barcelona. Yeah, it's nice to drop off the car. I think it's nice traveling with the car, but sometimes the stress of it and parking and paying for that and you know the roads and everything, sometimes it's just nicer to do a train or a bus. So I'm happy to have dropped the car off and be done with that. And now Barcelona, which we have been back to We've been in Barcelona like three times in the past six months. Yeah, we've been here a lot. But I do want to get to something before jumping into just kind of all of Barcelona because you you touched on something that I think is really important. Um, we haven't been in a car like this in a while. And I think it's starting to change the way I think about a car and car ownership in Portugal. What? What's um, that mean? Well, I mean, we're going to unpack it in a second. But I, I do want to say for the listener – we're going to talk about Barcelona. We're going to talk about just what we've done in this trip and try to make comparisons again for you guys to cities that we've been in Portugal and and then also Spain. So trying to to kind of make the connection as you're considering moving to Portugal and what it might be like. Yep, and kind of wrap up this series. It'll be the last one of this series. 
So those that know us know that we are not anti-car people, but we don't want to own a car while living in Europe. No, I mean, especially because we like living in cities. So it's not necessary. You have public transportation. That's really good. It's easy to walk places like where we want to live. You don't really need a car. So yeah. what are you talking about? Well, and it's an extra cost as well. Yeah. And then, I mean, parking is not the easiest if you don't have a garage to where you live, uh, street parking, having to figure that out or a residency permit. I mean, there's just a whole other set of headaches. I guess you have to find out, you know, the insurance, you have to figure all that stuff out and yeah, and yeah I can pay for it. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that the freedom of movement that I've noticed on this trip has been really nice. Now, the lack of freedom uh, from responsibility, let's say, the additional responsibility of driving a car has not been fun as we got in a wreck in Andorra. Someone hit us. <laughs> yes. But but overall, um, I still feel good about not having a car living in Porto. However, it's it's been nice. It's been nice being able to rent a car and see more and do more and not feel like I'm on the bus schedule or the time, the the train times schedule. That's been awesome. Yeah. I mean, you 100% do not need a car in Porto. You could definitely get around without it, whether that's walking, metro, bus, or even just Uber and Bolt being quite affordable. But getting outside of Porto or a city that you're living in in Portugal, it is nice to have that flexibility and you get to see more for sure. Actually, I was just speaking with a Portuguese friend about this. Um, Because some places, you know, if the bus, if you want to get outside of a city and it's a cool area, but a bus doesn't take you there or goes there like once a day or something, it's really hard then to go to what might be like the top of a mountain or some sort of national park or something like that. So it is true that it gives you flexibility. There's probably someone out there listening to this screaming, just keep renting, you know, which <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that, that is the option. Just, you know, choose a time, uh, you know, a couple weeks out of the year to rent a car and explore that way, which honestly, it's probably what we'll do. Yeah. Low season for sure. Because I mean, obviously in the summer or August, which is really high season, uh, we definitely see the prices jump for car rentals around Porto, Portugal in general. So if you can time it and just do low season stuff, then yeah, then you just don't have the headache of the insurance and the parking and I just like the upkeep. I like traveling during low season. The problem now has become uh, we have a kid. So yeah, it's like, that changes all. You get stuck yeah. into a school schedule. Yeah. That's another I don't, thing. I don't, I don't feel bad, um, especially coming in to this school year. I don't feel as bad pulling her out of school for a week because it's not like official school. Yeah. Because um, she's, she's only three she's, and a half. Yeah, yeah <laughs> she's so young. And she's adapted to school. So it's not like before when we took her out of school and it really set her back. Yeah, last year was a little rough. I think we thought she would, you know, jump right in a little faster. She did not. And she did not. So so stuff that was already planned for taking her out was a little more difficult, but she's a lot better now. Actually, yeah, asking about school. So um, I would asking to go go back to school. Yeah. Um, She's already tired of us. Um, I do, like, I want to say this, though. I know friends with kids. I am going to say it. Friends with kids do also find it a little difficult um, not having a car. Uh, sometimes it's this little kids. I had. Yeah, sometimes it's little kids when um thinking about okay, I've got to like pop a car seat into an Uber, which you can do, or a booster. Um, but others, it's just older kids, and depending on where they're going to go to school and the activities that they have, 
sometimes it's just more difficult getting around the city, shuttling them around if you don't have a car. Well, yeah, and it's totally possible. And I would easily argue that it's cheaper to not own a car and and faff about with with car seats and whatnot, little booster seats. But uh, yeah, I guess it depends on your your level of risk that you want to take and, and how far you go. Here's my biggest thing, though. Yep. I'm the driver of the family. Yep. So it's a lot more stressful in sure. that situation sure. to have a car. Now, yep. Obviously, if you're driving in, in areas that, you, that you're familiar with, it's easier. And if it's your car, it's easier as well because mm, you, you know it. it. Yeah. yeah. When you get rental cars, every time it's something different. You know, how how wide is this car? How far out does the front go? What's you know? the pickup like? Like, oh get my up gosh, and go, I know. Is when it you're like, like our car? when you're like, yeah, you hit the gas and you're like, come on, go, go, go. You can so, do it, buddy. So there is always that that you have to deal with. But yeah. just the stress free aspect of not having a car is, I, I still enjoy that. And maybe as Valencia gets older, it'll change, you know, where I feel like we need a car because yeah. of the stage of life we're in. But okay. I'm okay without it right now. Okay, so we've been here to Barcelona three times in the past six months. This time, it's much more low-key, but we can absolutely discuss kind of Barcelona um, well with you. Here's the thing. Barcelona, to me, is an interesting blend. If we're making a comparison, um, Barcelona is this interesting blend of, or maybe I should say, Lisbon is an interesting blend of Barcelona and Madrid. It's got that Madrid kind of capital feel, um, but then it has the, I don't know, the the, the waterside Water. vibe yeah. of of Barcelona, right? Yeah, the ocean type feel. Yeah, although Lisbon is not technically... On, a, an ocean. on the ocean, but the water, yeah, yeah, yeah. that coastal feel that Barcelona would have. Yeah. yeah, I get that. I yeah, that's actually a really good comparison. Obviously, size is something you can't quite compare because Madrid and Madrid, Barcelona, Madrid, Barcelona, they're just so big, and so they have different districts, different neighborhoods um, that have their own vibe and their own feel. So that's a little difficult. But I guess Lisbon has that as well. It's just on a smaller scale, even for a capital city. But yeah, yeah definitely, you could say that that Lisbon is probably the best comparison to Barcelona um, sure. with the feel. I mean, because you might have some feel like in in the Algarve, you might have some of the coastal um, cities or towns that have the same feel, but again, on a much oh. smaller scale. Oh yeah. So like a little bit of the vibe when you're down by the water, but it's going to be so much of a smaller scale that it's hard to choose a city down there that could work. For sure. Now, one thing I can say with absolute certainty, and I'm very sure that science would back this up, the air quality in Lisbon or really anywhere in Portugal is better than Barcelona. Yeah, I think Barcelona does what have bad air quality, there? right? Yeah, it is yeah. weird. Where does that come from? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I'd, I'd have to look into it. I'm not sure why their air is, is as bad as it is. But like it, it feels sometimes not like you're having trouble breathing, but there's High something particles. in the air. It's like particles or something. Well, like yeah, yeah. Give... But I mean, like if it feels and tastes like there's something in the air. Yeah, that it, is weird. It's not nice. And sometimes visually, you know, you can see that. There's a haze. Yeah, a little bit of like a that. Although occasionally haze. Portugal gets a haze as well, like from sands and whatnot. That comes right? up from the from Northern, Africa. Northern Africa. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's something like that um, in Barcelona too. But far more often in Barcelona is the air quality bad compared to I think anywhere else in, in, in Spain? Portugal. Oh, in, no, Port in Portugal. Oh, in Portugal. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, I think Algarve does get some a bit more because it blows up from 
from um, uh, Northern Africa, yeah. but I don't think it's as bad as as what Barcelona gets. I don't know. Does anywhere else in in Spain have it that bad? Not that I remember. I mean, certainly not on our trip did we notice. Oh it. yeah, yeah, but, definitely. But I don't know, but, but even further south, right? Because they might have the same issue with uh, it it blowing up from Northern Africa. Yeah, but yeah, that is an odd thing. Or are there? I don't know what like factories and stuff are like. Just production. Well, I wise, th- is that something? Yeah, I mean, I do think in that region in in Catalonia. There, there's more, uh, in, in this region, I should say, there's more um, factories. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Because I sometimes like disconnect the Barcelona and Catalonia. Catalonia. Yeah. But just out, the region that Barcelona is in is Catalonia. And I do think that Catalonia has uh, quite a bit of industry. Yeah. Overall, more factories and stuff. In yeah. The region. Okay. Speaking of uh, the region of Catalonia, what do we think about, about it? What do you think about the people? Well, it's interesting that you bring this up because I think now that we've been to a couple of cities in Catalonia, so not just commenting on what Barcelona is like, but I don't like it. Oh, I, yeah? I, yeah. I think, um, I don't know. There's just, there's, there's just this, I don't know, feeling that, that the people give you and it's not as open and welcoming as in Portugal. Do you think it's like uh, they're just too busy and can't be fussed or they th- just think they're better than the rest of Spain or the rest other people? Or what do you think? Like, what kind of feel is that that you're talking about? Well, I mean, there's certainly a tension between Catalonia and, and Madrid, um, the capital. Maybe there's a tension between Catalonia and other places that don't want to resist, you know, the capital. Or, I mean, also that though, but like, I think Basque, they kind of are resisting. And no, they, Basque, Basque and they, does as well. And maybe, but they were much nicer, it seemed like. The people overall were just friendlier there. Yep. And they're resisting, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah no. No, I, I, was, I was trying to say like, are Catalonians against people that aren't resisting the capital? So like, they would be friends with, with the Basque. Oh, I see, yeah. They would be friends with uh, the Galicians. But Although how would they know? Very... I mean, over they like, you can't just assume. Yeah, you can't just assume. I, I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> All I can say is, is like we we had some good experiences. We didn't necessarily have bad experiences, but people weren't like as as friendly and jolly and jovial as maybe you'll find like anywhere you know, else the, in Portugal. The average Portuguese person. Yeah, I think that's uh, something that we've talked about kind of throughout this whole series. That mm. overall, the Portuguese are just nicer nice. than the Spanish. Yeah. Um, overall, of course, you know, cause you get, you know, the, the odd ones or the outliers. But if we're saying generally speaking, yeah, Portuguese are nicer than the Spanish. Worldpost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. World Post can relay things from the U.S. to Europe, so that includes documents, <laughs> Amazon purchases, Amazon from the purchases, US. <laughs> and you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail! I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. 
And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dream since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location, in a livable location, until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. You know something that I found that was interesting? I guess I'm going to use that word interesting. I don't know exactly how to put this to keep it neutral. There there seemed to be less um, less homelessness than before. Like whenever we whenever we lived in Spain, you know, this was over 10 years ago, fifth, coming up on 15 years, uh, there was a higher percentage of homelessness. At least it appeared that way. Yeah. But when but we, we did live when, in Madrid. Yeah. But when we've been at, when we traveled to Barcelona. Yeah, that's then. true. That's and then, true. And then now we've been to Barcelona three times and I have not noticed it in the same way. Hmm. Do you feel that? Uh, I didn't actually notice. There, now, there's still graffiti that puts people off, right? Yeah. There's still that. That's uh, Europe, though. So, exactly. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Some yeah. people call it street art. Uh, other people call it vandalism. <laughs> um, for me, it comes down to the quality of the tag. <laughs> you know like, what I mean? Does yeah. it look like did garbage? Did you write your name or did you do a painting? <laughs> yeah. Or did you just like spray something? Because uh, like yeah. sometimes you see that and you're just like, come on, guys. Oh, it's the worst when someone does that over an actual like painting. A nice like one, a, yeah, yeah, like a yeah. nice mural or yeah. something. You're like, come on. What? Yeah. But yeah, that's Europe in Not general. Not gang but, related. Yeah, no. Just, Usually, I don't anyway. know. Just put like an X or something or phallic symbol <laughs> over there, there over that. something you there know is that. but um but yeah overall like that that is just uh that's europe in general i guess it is but i didn't notice the homelessness thing um no yeah, that's what i'm saying yeah maybe like, maybe it, it has gone better i don't think know about it, yeah. yeah i didn't think about it um i didn't think about it that's for sure so this time our stay is in the west part of the city and yeah. and the other two times were were far more like downtown um, and, and the West part, it does have a different feel in the city. Like it honestly feels disconnected. It feels a bit like a suburb. Yeah, it definitely does. Right. And which if I was going to live in Barcelona, I wouldn't want to live this far out. No, it did feel a little too far out. I mean, obviously we did that cause we wanted to do like a hotel that had 
a pool and just kind of chill. And, you know, we weren't, since we've been to Barcelona a bunch, we weren't doing any of the touristy things. It was kind of just like the end of the trip relaxing. Mm. You know, that was the thought. Um, But, you know, walking around, there are decent amount of playgrounds around here. You've got the mall. And, uh, I mean, there's stuff to do around here. It does feel a little more livable. But it does seem like you would need a car out where we are That's what I was going to say. I mean, you mentioned walking around. However... I didn't see a lot of people walking around. Stuff was a little spread out, I guess you right. could say. So you would yes. need a car around here. Yeah. I'm trying to think of where in maybe Lisbon that it would compare to. Maybe this is a little bit on a bigger scale. Like the the buildings are a bit bigger. There there's was definitely more or there is there is definitely more kind of industry. What would that be in Lisbon? I mean, I would I don't know. I was initially thinking Benfica, but even a little further out from Benfica. You know, oh, close oh, to the zoo, maybe de- close definitely. to the zoo. That well, kind I mean, of that's area. working back in towards the city. If you're talking about Benfica, oh, Benfica's further zoo. west of the, the zoo city. Was... Oh, okay. I think some people might not know Benfica. Oh yes, yes. Benfica, Benfica is a neighborhood. Is, of is a neighborhood, and then there's also a a famous football club, one of the the top three, four football clubs in Portugal. Also, is Benfica because they were basically born. Yeah, they're, the they're in that neighborhood. That's where the the stadium is. Yep. Um, well, but yeah, I would just. But I would say this is even on a larger scale where we are in Barcelona. Yeah. So from walk, walking from like one block to the next block, it's it's still it feels big. And I guess that's the thing. Like even though Lisbon of, is big, parts of Barcelona and even like the suburb feeling parts are still so much bigger. It would kind of feel like walking. I think in the U.S. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, bigger like, blocks and stuff. Like walking, well, not just bigger blocks and wider, wider sidewalks, but like the act of walking. Oh yeah. Do you it know what I mean? Common. Like people would just hop in a car mm-hmm. um, in this type of setting because it did not feel overly urbanized. Where like a New York City, for example, you or or downtown Washington D.C., you would see people walking. Like you would walk from from one place to the next. But here it felt like there was car culture. Yeah, this part of Barcelona for you agree? sure. Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah. And, and you know what was funny? Um, so the other day I was wanting to meet up with uh, with one of our students from Singapore, former student. Uh, she and her family moved to Barcelona and she goes to university here. And I was trying to figure out like where she was and where we were, like how far apart we were. And I looked and walking. It would have taken like over an hour, hour and a half, something like that. And public transportation would have been 52 minutes. Oh, my. So uh, then I switched it to to drive to driving. (laughs) But we don't want to get in the car again. Yeah. And it was 10 or 12 minutes driving. Oh, that's weird. So there wasn't a direct way by public transportation. Correct. Like, or maybe you have to wait like 30 minutes for the next bus or something. That was Something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. So we weren't that far. Like when I saw 10 to 12 minutes, I was like, we're not that, not far, that apart. far apart. Yeah. I was like, sorry, Denise. Denise, if you're listening to this, sorry we didn't see you. Ne- <laughs> next time. Apparently we come to Barcelona a lot. I know. Somehow we always find ourselves here. I it's mean, the there's flights. a lot of flights. Yeah, good flights. flights. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be back here soon. What other comparisons can you draw to, to kind of Barcelona and Portugal or I mean, cities. just overall, Barcelona is just so much bigger, so much more going on that it's really hard to compare um, anything like that to Portugal because population and such. Well, you know? yeah. I mean, population, we're talking about 
multiple factors larger than Lisbon. Like it really, this whole trip is really, really put in perspective. Portugal size. Yeah, I know. And I guess it's just being behind in in a lot of ways, you know, still had a lot of room for growth, especially even if it, and it's in the big cities, even in Lisbon and in Porto, um, compared to like the big cities of Spain, it's just still no comparison. Spain is way out ahead. So Portugal just has a lot of room for growth there. And then some of the smaller um, cities and towns just, um, yeah, they, they, there's a lot more that can, that can happen. You think it's going to happen or you think it's just a long time coming? No, no, I don't, I don't think like, are we talking about, uh, Portugal passing Spain? No, not passing, but just catching up. Like, if well, they'll we never take, like, they'll never catch up. Spain will just continue to stay ahead. Well, right. Okay, so at what point, like, let's say Spain's fifth largest city, which I don't know what that is, but I'm just throwing it out there. Uh-huh. Fifth largest city, yeah, which is larger than Lisbon, yeah. Portugal's number one city. At what point, you know, will it be like Portugal has a couple, three, four, five cities the same size as what Spain is now? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yes. No, that does make sense. Uh, there's no indication that that's ever going to happen. <laughs> no, seriously. <Come> on, Portugal? <laughs> no. I mean, it, it, look, it's okay to be the size it is. Um, there's no indication that that's going to happen due to um, just the growth rate of the country. I mean, yes, we've seen a, a an uptick in immigration over the past 10 years, especially over the past like five years. But there's no indication that we are going to see um a a level of migration that would allow portugal to to grow to that level you know what that's okay it doesn't I, have no, to be it, i mean no it doesn't we sit here we sit here and we compare yeah we compare the two but it's not a bad thing that portugal is we say you know i say so behind but like i don't mean that in a negative way but it's just a different country and and it's it's gonna conduct the cities differently and it doesn't have to be like spain that's all right i think economically it, it's where portugal wants to close the gap of course, oh, like yeah. like why wouldn't would, you? Yeah, like why would. why wouldn't you want to become more economically prosperous? Yeah, uh, I would think maybe there's some people out there shouting. No <laughs> way. Um, but no, I mean I, that even I don't see Portugal closing the gap. Uh, yeah, not to say they won't. I just don't see it. Yeah, it's hard too. They're smaller, different history, some different setbacks. I mean, yeah. Well, okay, so I'm preparing a video for for the main YouTube channel and crazy stat that I saw like blew my mind and I had never come across this stat before. It was talking about the immigration and the immigration. Did I pronounce those well enough? Immigration. Immigration immigration. with the I and with an E. Right. So immigration would be uh, people that are coming in and the the E of immigration. We're talking about people that are are. Moving out. out. Yeah. Right. So the stat was that there are around about a million uh, immigrants that live in Portugal that are registered. Right. So like Kaylee and I would fall in that list. <laughs> yeah. um, We're legit guys. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. like that numbers that of, come of through Seth. Of course. Numbers that come through yeah, Seth. Yeah, you can't. I'm they... not talking about illegal immigration. Well, I'm just but, talking I mean, about yeah. like, like there is no... There is no separate designation for uh, people that call themselves expats. Oh, it, yeah, it all yeah. falls under the umbrella of of people coming in. Yes, immigration. However, numbers that have gone out. So Portuguese, like native-born Portuguese, that have left Portugal, two million. 
Oh, wow. Double. Double. Well, hasn't this been an issue for a while, which is why they've got things like NHR and different schemes to try to get people yes. back in. It's also to get the Portuguese back in because the Portuguese yes. can benefit from that as well. Yes. Um, but, you know, yeah. Portuguese I, listener, you can benefit from NHR. If, you, if you're a Portuguese national and you have been living outside of Portugal for five or more years and you have never been a part of the NHR scheme... Yeah, you only get it once. Uh, yeah, you can move back to Portugal and enjoy uh, 10 years of uh, what is a tax holiday. I mean, assuming that your income is qualifies, yeah, for, qualifies it, right? for it. Speak to John. Yeah. Yeah. From from Green, Green Ocean. Ocean. Yeah, 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 definitely. He, yeah, he would he know. He would know, yeah. Um, but I'm speaking with Portuguese, I think two main reasons that people, you know, the Portuguese do leave Portugal. Mm. One is, you know, the same idea of, of, you know, like what we have, the adventure, something different, something yep. new, an interesting country. That's not the main reason though. No, the main reason has to be the wages. It's way, yeah, it's way, well. Yeah, they I would, don't, they don't. I wouldn't even say it's wages as much as it is earning potential. Earning potential, yeah. yeah. So I, I know mean, what you mean when you say wages. Yeah. For sure. Um, but I think like when we talk about the minimum wage here, it muddies the water too much. Yeah. I think when we talk about earning potential, mm-hmm. it's a different ball. Because you're talking about like, okay, like for example. You could double, triple, vet. quadruple your, your salary just by leaving Portugal. Right. Like our, our vet, for example, mm. uh, our first vet that we, you know, same location, but one of the doctors there, one of the veterinarians there. Yeah. Um, she ended up leaving for the UK. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I didn't get into too much of a conversation with her about it, but uh, a little bit of like something different, living somewhere yes. new. But imagine like you go to school as a veterinarian. Uh, and I, I don't know exactly, you know, how much stuff like that costs here in Europe compared to the U.S. I don't think it's nearly. It's probably not as much, same. right? But yeah. still, you put in a lot of time yes. and effort. Absolutely. Uh, so you want to be compensated for it. And, you know, maybe you're not compensated here. You can live a comfortable life here. But you mm. earning power as far as like what travel looks like and being able to have your play money, I guess, is a little harder. Yeah. So you go and you do the same job somewhere in England, let's say, and you're making more money. And, you know, doing something a little different in a different country. So yeah. so you can see why. And and it's not even England that people that, – that Portuguese people are moving to. I mean, they look at France. They look at Oh, yeah, Germany. the parts of the EU. Well, yeah. I, the France things is, is really – funny to me because generally when we hang out with Portuguese people and they'll point out the fact that like there are uh, cars, um, oh. license plates, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. It'll and they'll have be like, you know, French. notice it has an F on it. That's because it comes There's from a lot France. Of French here. But these aren't, these aren't necessarily French. They're Portuguese that are living in France that are coming back during the summer to visit their families. Holiday, and yeah. Yeah, but, that's true. But if you are living in Portugal, notice like Look around, see what the the different cars are showing, because you'll see a lot of P for Portugal. You'll see a lot of E for España. That's on the license plate. When yeah, on ta- the license yeah, plate. Yeah, so it, it has the EU license and plate. And then P for, or F, sorry, for France. Yeah, just yeah. to clarify. It's on the yes. license plate, so it'll have the EU flag in blue and then the yellow stars, and then it has to have the first letter of the country that it comes from. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. But even traveling around Europe, like, you know, we've come across places that have had, you know, more Portuguese than like people living there than we thought, like Luxembourg, right? There's a blew my mind. Yeah. Luxembourg. So the Portuguese just one go to different places. Yeah. yeah. One of the first interactions that we had in Luxembourg was uh, a Portuguese. Portuguese guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he funny. saw, he saw our uh, national ID yeah. and then he started speaking to us in Portuguese <laughs> yeah, and we funny. responded. Yeah, sure. We, we stumbled through it. It was an easy one. Yeah. Told him that, you know, we're not actually Portuguese. We 
I mean, yeah, I guess he re- residents. Yeah, he would have known that from known our from our. Um, but I guess ID, he wasn't but, paying that close attention. Yeah, well, it doesn't really matter. Or I mean, he can assume that we speak speak yeah. it by living here. Yeah. Okay, so it's been a whirlwind tour. Um, we need to to wrap up with me asking the question: Barcelona. Would you expat that? Oh man, that's a tough one. And I think we've we've done a video on expats everywhere. Should we just have people about, about watch it. that video on it? Oh yeah, go watch it. Um, to yeah. get our answer, <laughs> that's true. Go over there, expats everywhere explores. It's really growing that YouTube. channel. Yeah, yeah, on the YouTube channel, and uh, we're putting a lot more out. We're trying to be intentional. We're putting stuff out from this trip, so you can actually see like Bilbao as that goes uh, Andorra. You're gonna see see us in those places and get a breakdown of those. Um, so yeah, you know what? You got to head over, over there. Cause that Barcelona video is already on there from last time we were here. That's right. All right. It's time. All right. Let's get moving. Bye. Bye. So listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts.